Hello! Welcome to 40 Minute Fridays. I'm Mallory. I'm Megan. And we have a very special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Mel! So, this More is M's. Mel. Yeah. The uh, M&M. That's the requirement to be a guest star on this podcast, is your name has to start with M. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you your name starts with M and you're in the Orlando area and you would like to join us on a podcast episode, just let us know. Yeah. I'll take it. As long as it so starts are, with M first or last name. Oh, yeah. I'll take either. Yep. But you just have to go by your last name on the podcast. Or middle name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It will be exclusively what we call you, so you just have to deal with that. <laughs> so Mel is joining us today, which is really exciting. It's nice to have someone else here. Not that hanging out with Megan for 40 wow. minutes every yeah, Friday isn't great. Yeah, <laughs> We're also uh, recording this in advance, so if anything's happened in the last five days that's really important that we should be talking about, we're not talking about it because we recorded this on Memorial Day. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the first thing that we usually do, Mel, is just a little bit of talk about the pandemic. And, and then we, like, don't life. talk about it anymore. Yeah. So okay. if you have any thoughts about the pandemic, now is the time to get them off your chest. Um, we shouldn't be reopening, that is all. Yeah. yeah, Universal is reopening yes. on June 5th. We are in Orlando, so Universal Studios reopening is a big deal. There was a meeting of all of the heads of theme parks with uh, Mike Pence because he's heading the, like, Corona Task Force thing because, quote, he had nothing else to do, unquote. Yeah. And uh, they had a meeting with, like, the mayor of Orange County and then had to pitch um, their plans to the governor of Florida. And so... Universal pitched to reopen on June 5th, and they are reopening with some measures. Disney and SeaWorld and all of the other people who were there opted to not pitch a reopen plan at this time. Like So everyone's just kind of watching yeah. to see if Universal implodes. Uh, they pitched reopen plans, but they just didn't pitch dates. They, yeah. were, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they were like, here are the precautions we're going to take. Here is our plan to deal with mm-hmm. reopening. But we don't, but know we don't have a date yet. Be because Universal was like, we have a date. And everyone else was like, two <laughs> weeks after your date, we'll see how it's going. Yeah. <laughs> Universal out here taking those big risks. And uh, mm. these podcasters think that maybe they shouldn't. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. <laughs> Everyone looks. Of course. That was a a big downer, big big <laughs> downswing on the up on the up of the podcast on the up of the podcast. <laughs> I'm a professional talker. I don't know if you know. As professional as Trump. Oh wow! I feel attacked, Mel. You're <laughs> no you longer so invited much. to the podcast. Actually, though, Mel has a point. You have both been paid to just talk it's to speak. So. <laughs> Equal levels of professionals. Megan and the President of the United States. I would pay pretty good money to see Trump try to sell Lush products to someone. I don't think he would be able to, because sounding informed on a topic is hard for him. Uh, But he would also probably make up a lot of lies about, like, the uh, microbial benefits of... Chestnuts or something. You better believe that every Lush product will uh, definitely cure COVID if you ingest it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I once had a customer ask me which soap tasted the best. Why? Uh, great question. They did buy a small sliver of the one that I said tasted the best. What do you all think the, the soap that tasted the best is? Hmm. I don't know enough about the soap. I don't know enough about the soap. Definitely soaps not sandstone. <laughs> Just a mouthful of sand. <laughs> Is this 
I have to assume that it is one of those parents who follows the, like, wash your mouth out with soap adage and, like, just wants to be nicer to their kids. It was a college-aged boy. Oh. With his friends. So I I think that there was maybe a dare or a Mm -hmm. uh, a random is funny sort of vibe to it. Uh, But the recommendation was the Olive Branch, one of our gourmet soaps that has more oil in it than soap base. So it will Mm. taste more like olive oil Mm. than soap. Was my recommendation, Fair. because it would just taste more like olive oil than soap. Fair enough. And that seemed best. And the other gourmet soap is argan oil, which we don't really use for cooking. I know I'm, though, curious about the taste of oh, soaps. Oh, ask Toby. <laughs> Toby's eaten a lot more of the products than I have. In that I have eaten, like, a non-zero, but a non-one amount. Like, I've accidentally eaten some. Uh, but Toby has... Tried curly whirly. I mean, I have ingested Lush product because I eat the lip scrub every time I use oh, that's it. True. That's the true. That's true. That's true. That's delicious, though. <laughs> it's, it's edible. You're supposed to eat it. It's made out of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a weird thing. But I just want to mention that yeah. it is a thing that yeah, I have consumed. Right. But I have eaten a non lip scrub amount, but not mm-hmm. a not mm-hmm. a full uh, amount of something. But I think Toby just straight up had like a small spoonful, like a yogurt. Spoon like those tester spoon mm-hmm. like at the was froyo place. Purposely trying, trying to yeah, I just wanted to see it. how it tasted. Okay, that seems fair. It's the coconut I'm shampoo. <laughs> well, You're welcome. I derailed this uh, beginning <laughs> of the podcast so much, despite not being in charge of it. That's not an issue. We like being derailed. It's a part of what makes this fun for us, and it being fun for us is the goal. Mallory, what is your COVID? I I don't. I, other than Universal opening and going back to work, like. I have been working from home for the last few weeks because of Fringe and all the other things going on, but I will be officially going back to the office probably for, you know, forever. Uh, I guess unless one of the partners dies. Oh, my God. I just can't imagine another reason. I mean, or because you're on vacation or because you're not going to be there. Mm -hmm. I feel like the most likely to die would be Elliot because he's the oldest, but he's also the most liberal, which makes me feel like he's the one taking the most care of himself right now. Mm. I don't know. It's a (laughs) toss-up. Mel and Mallory work together, so they uh, can talk about which one of their superiors will die soon. (laughs) Yeah, it's the kind of conversations we like to have. That's not true. They like their jobs. Don't fire them. They've never had this conversation before, and I'm scared. (laughs) Move on. Um... Listen, you asked for my COVID opinion. I wasn't going to give it. We want to talk about Mel first. Uh, I want you to sort of introduce yourself. Like, the podcast knows a fair amount about what Megan and I like and a little bit about who we are. You're right. Ginger Dunkers are really good. Mm -hmm. You can have one after you do this podcast. Yes. I also really, really like Kellen's Fudge. Oh Just yeah, he does listen. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen, this is for you. Please send fudge. Not, <laughs> not to like completely alienate you, Kevin, but Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Wow, I don't know who Kevin is either. <laughs> Kellen, but I don't like your fudge. Wow. wow. I don't like fudge. Yeah, that's but, true. Megan Megan doesn't like but fudge. But Mallory was like, even though you don't like fudge, you have to try Kellen's fudge. It gets better every year. And so every year I, I'm force-fed a tiny sliver of the fudge. <laughs> and it has gotten better every year but I still don't like it. Are you just being conditioned, or, like, is it actually getting better? I think it's definitely getting better. Yeah. He's been working on it and experimenting with it, because it's it's not an exact science. Mm -hmm. Fudge making is an art. Mm -hmm. 
And your art gets better the more you practice, which reminds us, Kellen, you should practice mm-hmm. by making a thing of fudge. If you make, Correct. like, a cotton candy fudge, I'll try it. Ooh. Also, if you make some fudge, we will eat it on 40-Minute Fridays. I will make Megan have her tiny sliver mm-hmm. here on the podcast, and we'll talk about how good that is, like mm-hmm. we talked about the delicious ginger dunkers. I know, my review won't be as glowing as it is for the ginger dunkers. I'm just forewarning <laughs> you. Yeah, well, you can't live up to that. But Mel will be hype. Yeah, we'll bring Mel back specifically for fudge tasting. So aside from liking my brother's fudge, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Sounds like a youth. I'm a youth. Yeah, I'm 22 and, like, just living life. And I recently became a homeowner, and that's been pretty wild um, as an experience just because, like, remodeling is crazy. You, You don't realize how much it takes until you do it. I thought it was going to be fine. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a struggle. Um, I work with Mallory, and we do closings on houses, so... Seems like a good time to get a house. Yeah! <laughs> like, I had a lot of insight on what interest rates and stuff were like, so that helped. Um, aside from that, I just hang out a lot with Mallory and Megan and Amanda. Um, I do a lot of, like, I help with their theater stuff. It's a thing I enjoy. I'm, like, a helper not a doer. I enjoy helping other people achieve their goals, which is why, like, this career is actually pretty good for me. Like, I help people achieve their goal of, like, owning a home, which is cool. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, I would say a good summary of Mel. Mel is Uh, also engaged. Oh, yeah. To a man who is playing on a switch outside of this room. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) her man is very similar to my woman, except that, uh, my woman's an audio designer, so she's in this room making sure that our audio sounds good and adjusting yeah. the mic every once in a while, whereas uh, her, her man is a mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> so if we were doing this in a car, maybe. <laughs> if your know. car suddenly was breaking down in the middle of the podcast, mm-hmm. Raymond would make it run again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing about Raymond is that you should only take him for a ride in your car if you are comfortable enough with the weird sounds and different things that it makes and the things that you know are wrong but have been ignoring, he will not ignore. This is just a warning. Yeah. You also maybe shouldn't invite him into your home unless you are aware of all the things wrong with your home. He's not judgmental. He just, like, wants to point them out so you know to fix them and, like, will offer to fix them. Um, Raymond is a a gem. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Usually for free. Oh. Oh. Opa. The price was Amanda (laughs) dropping things. Amanda dropping things. Sponsor of the podcast. (laughs) Speaking of prices, because that that just Megan just did is a quote from our Fringe Today show, which between these two podcasts went off without a hitch. And by without a hitch, I mean with several hitches, but a power outage, a technical difficulty because Mallory didn't put a video in a place, Uh, me trying to tell a story about a rock eating a carrot covered in brownie (laughs) batter. Megan's computer freezing and refusing to get off of the call. Yeah, like, the only way... I turned my computer off, and I was still on the Zoom call, live-streamed on Facebook, and I had to physically close my computer and reopen it, and then quit Zoom and sign out. (laughs) Wow. And then it did eventually work. But the show itself is up on YouTube, and you can check that out. YouTube.com 
uh, just search Phoenix Tears Productions in the search bar because it's youtube.com slash channel slash random assortment of numbers and letters. <laughs> uh, but if you subscribe to us, maybe at some point we will reach the threshold where we can get a custom URL. Yep, that's the goal. Uh, wow, and... YouTube. What a gem. <laughs> uh, but you can check it out there. It's an interactive uh, choose-your-own-adventure story. It's kid-friendly. So if you've got kids, they shouldn't be listening to this podcast where we say bad words, but they can do the Prophecy Stone Stardust Kingdom yeah. adventure. And like we said last week, if you think that they'd be interested in a podcast, if we're going to make a podcast, it will be in the same universe with some of the same characters as are in that Choose Your Own Adventure. So you can give us That'd feedback on that. Talk about it. Yeah, we're thinking about a Stardust podcast. We're going to start writing some episodes, yeah. doing very some excited. things. I dig it. Me too. I'm into it. We, uh... Might use Raymond again for a voice. We'll see. Wow. <laughs> he had a good time recording. So wow. He did. He enjoyed it. Uh, next up on my list, so Megan and I usually do like a five things. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do that, but instead of each of us doing five, we are going to collectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do... we have to together agree on, uh, or you'll I do one, Mel, do one, I'll like, do one. I'll suggest mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. then we'll come up with a couple. Mm-hmm. And this is five stories, and these need to be existing stories or existing canon of some sort okay. that you would like to see as a TV show. Mm. Especially, and you can be like, I would like to see this exactly the way that it is as a TV show, or I would like to see an adaptation of this as a TV show. I Megan. would really like... Any sort of Shakespeare adaptation. Like, if you wanted to do a Shakespeare movie or a Shakespeare show that covered just one play or that covered multiple plays. But the important thing that, like, I want is I want it to be um, edited so that it's, like, kid-friendly and still using most of the original language, but just, like, overdone, exaggerated to the point where, like, anyone over the age of, like, 11 or 12... um, could understand it. Uh, I'm really like passionate about kids theater Shakespeare. I think that uh, having accessible Shakespeare should be more of a thing because it's free to do. Like you don't have to pay rights for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and getting kids excited about Shakespeare and language being used in a way that they can like understand, but it's still English. You know, people are like teach foreign language when they're young, but like also if you teach Shakespeare when they're youngish, they're not going to be like, I don't understand this. It's boring. They'll be like, oh, if I listen for long enough, it makes sense. Mel recently watched her first Shakespeare play. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, I feel like doing that early on for kids would make it more likely for kids to like Shakespeare instead of just being like me, getting exposed to Romeo and Juliet, which is not great. Um, in school, and then being like, mm, maybe I don't like Shakespeare. Twelfth Night was great. I enjoyed that. It was I so funny. I love Twelfth Night Any so good production much. of any Shakespeare, like even a good production of Romeo and Juliet can get you excited about mm. Shakespeare and about theater. And I think it's really just tragic when, especially in English classes where they don't even have you pick parts, uh, which yeah. is wild. Just, like, read pages. Yeah, I think that that's, the, it's just not the way to expose someone to it initially. Um, so a, a TV show that was, you know, like a, a Disney Channel-aged TV show, not for little, little kids, but for 
Yeah, for like preteens and Mm -hmm. teenagers. All right, Mel, what's Um, something that exists that you'd like to see a television show of? It's a toss-up between two things, but I'm going to decide right now. Um, Not that one. (laughs) (laughs) So Webtoons has this uh, story, like graphic story anime thing going on right now it's called the wrath and the dawn and it's based also a book it's based on the fairy tale story that you told me a thousand nights and a night Mm -hmm. yeah um and i've been really enjoying it uh it's really great in that the story starts off with uh the main character clearly intending to like kill the king because he has killed so many girls before her and he was supposed to be killing her uh but she changed his mind not on purpose but it happened and it's been really great and it's not over yet the author writes a new bit of it every week and i like, wait for it to come out every week. I'm very into it. Do you think that would be good as, like, a movie or as a television series? Do you want it to be animated because this has been animated? or I don't know if it would matter if it was animated or not uh, because nothing is that's happening is outrageous and couldn't be done live action, but... I feel like it definitely has to be a television show. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because there's, there's already been a few, yeah. like, cliffhanger moments that you could, like, end a season and, like, start the next bit. Fun. And also, so The Wrath and the Dawn is also a book, a novel, um, that then this webtoon is based on. And it's all based on the original A Thousand Nights and a Night, which is also A Thousand and One Arabian Nights, depending on, like... Where the lady tells the story and yeah. the king doesn't yeah. kill her because he wants to hear the rest of the story. Yeah. Taylor Shaharazade. Uh, <laughs> it's a fantastic story and has a thousand little stories in it so Mm -hmm. as a television show it could be really fun and really unique also really fun as a television show because it would have the opportunity for a lot of like guest parts and cameos Mm -hmm. because the individual stories or for a sort of ahs thing where the in story Mm -hmm. actors are always the same but Mm -hmm. playing different parts which could be kind of fun yeah uh a Wow, that completely a lot of character development. derailed my thoughts. Hold on, <laughs> let me come back. Oh, I know. Uh, I would like The Night Circus to oh, be, and yeah. I want it to be a television show. So it's one of my all-time favorite books. It is about a contest between two young magicians who are like put into this contest by their respective... Um, Mentors. Thank you, Amanda. Amanda (laughs) really likes the Night Circus. Yeah. And Amanda lent Mallory her copy of the Night. Yes. That is Amanda's fault that Mallory's so into this. Uh, Mallory recommended to me the Night Circus. It's so good. (laughs) Uh, And it is a competition where they are using magic to basically create these amazing circus performances. And they are traveling around with the Night Circus, which is full of all sorts of fantastic performers. And I would, I love circuses, so like I'm a sucker already, but I would love to see this. And I would really enjoy it as a television show. It would be a good movie, but I would like it as a television show. Okay. Because I don't want it to go on. I feel like a television show would do well 
Mm-hmm. And then they'd want to make more seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, stray away from the source is material in kind of a not maybe potential way. for that because like if Aaron Morgenstern writes it, then like I'm in whatever she mm-hmm. wants. Seventeen seasons of it, I'll watch it. Uh but, but she's watched Supernatural all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> A limited series would be fine. I just want more than a movie because mm-hmm. I would like the opportunity to explore a little bit of the history of the mentors and, like, how they got into the conflict mm-hmm. they're in. And the fact that we know they are not the first two magicians to, like, be in this contest. Mm-hmm. And, like, the wider world of the different characters in the circus because they all have histories of how they came and went in the circus. And it covers, like, hundreds of years of time. Yeah, I feel so. like... Netflix announcing that it was going to do, like, a eight-part series or, like, a one-season based on that. Like, if they announced that tomorrow, I'd be like, yep. Oh, I'd that, watch. Like, yeah, please, Netflix, do that. But I feel like if that was already <laughs> on their schedule, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, that yeah, that's seems fair. very much like a Netflix original. Okay, so we got yeah. two more. Or do we want to just each, yeah. I mean, we can do pitch, six. Pitch something. Um, dang, I'm still thinking, though. Mel, you got another one? It's another webtoon thing. I'm just really into webtoons. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. This is a thing that I've a story that I've just always enjoyed and has been uh, turned into a webtoon. Um, this webtoon is specifically about the relationship between Persephone and Hades. Uh, it's called Lore Olympus. If that turned into a series, I would be in. In. Um, <laughs> I'm currently 112 episodes in, and it's just now getting to the juicy stuff. Can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Laura Olympus is high quality, and I would be totally into a television yeah. show of that. Again, would it be yeah. live action animated. or animated? I feel like this one would probably be animated, mm-hmm. just because they, like, fly around, and she, like, bursts. Uh, Persephone, you know, she's a spring uh, goddess, mm-hmm. and so she, like, bursts into uh, butterflies and does, like, cute little Persephone. Like, her hair, like, puffs out and is long when she's in distress. Um, so that would feel better animated. Yeah. All right. I'm into that. Megan, do you have another one? I'm still thinking. So here's uh, my struggle. Is a lot of the things that I like have been made into... Yeah, that uh, things, is a struggle. And sometimes poorly. So I would really like to see a Netflix, like, series based on Percy Jackson. Cause mm, those, it's happening. Yeah, because those were done horribly. Yeah. But that is happening. Yeah, I, they I, announced I was not it. Aware. Yeah, they announced it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, this mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. This is why it's hard for me to think of one. Because <laughs> if you had asked me this a few years ago, I'd be like, oh, I'd like to see a series of unfortunate events done better. Um, mm. And so I feel like... Netflix is on top of, that's why I said the Night Circus thing that, like, I wouldn't be surprised, is they're pretty on top of doing those YA books that are beautiful and brilliant and should be... Were done poorly in the past. Like, they're Mm -hmm. trying to save everything. Yeah, because Netflix has opened up, I mean, as a film major, it's opened up this uh, new conversation about long-form and short-form content and about media being able to be um, bingeable or... uh, it having to be a movie or a TV show isn't really a thing anymore because Netflix can produce a whole season of a TV show and just say, that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. true. Um, and you're right, that is a tough thing because another thing that would have been on my list six months ago is Lock and Key that mm-hmm. I love so oh. much, and now Netflix has yeah. done Lock and Key. A lot of people would also have said, like, Umbrella Academy, which Netflix mm-hmm. has also yes. done. Yeah, um, there are a quality. lot of good little comics. So I'm trying to think of, like, 
the stuff on my bookshelf. I feel like the... I haven't read it yet, so I don't know if this matters uh, enough. <laughs> no, I like it. I thought that the first two, especially Hunger Games movies, were very, very well done. And if they're, if the new Suzanne Collins book set in that universe that just came out last week is any good, which is about the 10th annual Hunger Games, mm. so it's about, like, before Katniss. Yeah. Uh, if it's any good, it being done as a, like, a four-part would be interesting mm-hmm. because I do think that getting some of that different pacing in the world of Hunger Games would be interesting. Getting that uh, a little bit of a slower build to the game ending, mm-hmm. I suppose. Because yeah. the issue with the Hunger Games movies, which I think are very good, is we have to stay with Katniss's perspective or there would just be too much. Yes. So I would be interested to see a series that follows more than one champion from more than one district and sees them from start to finish in each episode. Like, if we got to see, even if it was, like, thinking huge, a 12-part series where we got the start to finish of the champions from each district and the last episode was the one who wins, so we get to see, like, the full. Oh, that would be kind of fun. Yeah. Ooh, what if it was, like, a Black Mirror kind of thing where they're, like, each individual thing and then at the end they, like, all connect? Mm -hmm. That mm-hmm. would be interesting. Yeah. I think it would be really, really interesting. Yeah. All right. I'm into that. I like this. I love the world of the Hunger Games. And I do think that the first two movies are very good adaptations of books as films. They were pretty good. So if you haven't seen them, yeah, you I should definitely I don't feel like they missed out. any of the major details mm-hmm. in the films, which is a big problem. It's why I don't mm-hmm. like books being turned into mm-hmm. movies. This is why I suggested television shows a little bit mm-hmm. more, because I also lean towards, I love television as a medium. I enjoy movies. I love (laughs) television. I love the opportunity to expand and explore and do different things and, like, to pace your storytelling in a completely different way. And Netflix has changed that Mm -hmm. as well. Obviously, television is paced differently on Netflix. It's more like a really long film. But I really (laughs) like what you can do with TV, and I think that expanding books into a television show does sometimes upset people. There are people who don't like Riverdale because it's a complete departure from the quote-unquote Archie comics it's based on. (laughs) Or don't like... (laughs) People don't like um, Vampire Diaries because it's a wide departure. But I think, for me, it's just a new adaptation uh, or like a retelling of a fairy tale, a modernization of a fairy tale, like Once Upon a Time. No one's like, I hate Once Upon a Time because I really like the original Snow White. (laughs) I just have a problem with when TV shows go, like, do well and they've done a good job of being an homage to the source material or being an adaptation of the source material, but then because they're doing well, they have to keep going and Mm -hmm. they get dumb because... I don't care about the Shadowhunters show, but, like, a lot of people are wild about the Shadowhunters show. I uh, liked people... the Shadowhunters show. It's still happening. You no, haven't it's seen over. Mm, there it's... was more. No, it, it happened is... again. No, it didn't. So, there was a film. Mm-hmm. And bad. then, called Mortal Instruments. And bad. then there was the Shadowhunters <laughs> television show. It's four seasons, I mm-hmm. think, and it's over. Like, it's done. It finished a year people ago. People are maybe still talking about it then. People are still <laughs> upset to this very day. Those videos get views. I'm a I'm a booktube type of person, and those people are up in arms at all times. <laughs> Listen, which and also I get, but the show is enjoyable. If the show doesn't do thing. well, like if it's a good show and it's a good adaptation, but it's not like doing well, it could just be canceled at any time. Mm-hmm. Which is why sometimes I prefer a movie or 
I really trust Netflix to give books like the treatment that they deserve at this point, especially seeing series of unfortunate events. That's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I like the wildness of television. Uh, I am a sucker for a good vampire story. So my last one, I was like, oh, man, I could just think of all the vampire things that I would like to be <laughs> television shows. But let's depart slightly from the vampires. Mm. Uh, Amelia Atwater Rhodes, who is one of my favorite vampire romance authors, also has this entire Shapeshifter Chronicles that I love. It is set in a world where there are avens and serpents. So like people who shapeshift into birds and people who shapeshift into snakes and they are at war. It is your classic Romeo and Juliet sort of story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star-crossed lover vibe. Yeah, um, yeah, a little bit of a star-crossed lover vibe, but also more of like the arranged marriage. So like they're warring countries who are like, these two kids should be together so that the world can be better. And the two kids mm-hmm. are kind of like, but them? <laughs> really? Like, I don't want that. Uh, but you know, obviously, it's got Megan's favorite trope. It has an enemies to lovers storyline. <laughs> so Megan will be in. And I just like the idea of the world. Uh, it could be live action because of what we've been doing with live action now. Mm. It could be animated. I obviously lean away from animated because I don't like animated personally. Uh, but it's a fun storyline. It is a self-contained book series that has like a good arc um but then has the potential for spin-offs because there is like a years later in the combined court short storyline too mm. uh, which would allow them to do two mini series which is kind of nice for marketing and I love it so that would be one that I would like Megan has I've, got her I've made a grave up. error oh. because the Marissa Meyer Cinder uh, series yes. isn't well, adapted okay. in any way right now. Because we took your Percy Jackson away since it's happening, so. Yeah, <laughs> although I said the Hunger Games thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also those the Lunar Chronicles would be a great... Uh, and I feel like the issue is that they haven't been um, able to be adapted. They would either have to be, like, six movies or a series. So yeah. I think it would be interesting to be able to have them as a series. Yeah, that's the nice thing about a longer book series, adapting it for television, because making it into a movie... Yeah, like, Vampire Diaries would be a terrible movie. Yeah. (laughs) Even if it... Awful. Even if it followed the books exactly, like, it would just run out of... People wouldn't want to attend after the next set of films, and I think that that would be an issue. All right, we only have about ten minutes remaining, so I've got one other little game I want to play. Because I'm really into coming up with stories, apparently, <laughs> today. Uh, so we are going to... <laughs> Amanda says, and in your entire life. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, Megan, I want you to pick a fairy tale mm-hmm. or fable or just a really old <laughs> story. An old story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a classic story. Let's go with the... Little Mermaid, but the original where she kills Eric and then plunges herself into the sea. Okay. Yeah. So, like, can Christian Anderson's Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. So, what I would like to do is think of a character that exists in the Little Mermaid storyline, and we're gonna, like, Maleficent this. But, mm. for example, if we were going to do this treatment to Maleficent 2, I would pick that girl the redhead who is the queen's guard who plays mm-hmm. the organ, mm-hmm. I'd want a whole story 
about her Mm -hmm. and, like, how she got to where she is in that Mm -hmm. story. So this is what I want. We want to think about somebody in The Little Mermaid who is not The Little Mermaid Mm -hmm. and is not Prince Eric, who you would like to hear how they get to where they are. I'm always interested in her sisters. Mm -hmm. She has so many of them. So, like... (sighs) What does the oldest sister think when her little sister, because Ariel's the youngest, right? So, like, the oldest one must be (laughs) just so... Upset. Like, shook. Like, what? And is there another one that's, like, jealous? Like, Mm -hmm. there are so many of them. One of them has to be like, ugh, I was planning my escape to the surface next month. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah. And, like, sister's vibe. Do they share the love of the human world? Like, does she have another sister who is in love with human? Does she have an older sister who had this same issue years before and, like, Triton stomped it down and mm-hmm. so, like, now she just lives bitterly on the bottom of the sea? Hmm. Like, <laughs> that looks so sad. There's probably... So, she does have a lot of sisters. They probably all have, like, a range of... Like, any emotion that you could possibly feel, one of them is feeling it. Mm-hmm. Especially the older ones, I think, are interesting because they've lived just so much more life than her, I assume. Like, mm-hmm. in the uh, cartoon, they all look essentially the same age. Yeah. But if you're having a mermaid every nine months, they all have to at least be, you know, the oldest one is nine to ten years older than Ariel because they're, yeah. what, you eight or nine sisters? You just assume that a mm-hmm. mermaid gestation period is the same as a human one? Uh, it might be longer. I don't see it being shorter. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. dolphins are maybe similar. They just mm-hmm. give birth to a whole clutch of mermaids. Yeah, yeah. All seven like of they them like lay the eggs, you know, time. and then yeah. the daddy triton like sprays his. <laughs> you know, like how do mermaids? <laughs> how does that happen? So that's the first thing that we are addressing in our retelling <laughs> is how mermaids are born. Not exactly how <laughs> they're born, because I think that even if it wasn't a kids' movie, that's too much. Uh, it's just kind of icky. Yeah. I mean, they but talk just about generally it how Nemo far apart they are. Yeah. Yeah, Dory. but they don't show Marlin spraying the eggs <laughs> with his clownfish sperm. Like, that, that, that doesn't way. happen. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, whether or not they're all born at the same time or whether or not creature laying eggs, I think, would be off. Like, just off be weird. weird. Like, yeah. if it was a horror movie, <laughs> if it was meant to be scary and about mermaids, they would 100% Well, do we're... That. Don't forget that we're adapting mm-hmm. Han Christian Andersen's so do version. Do you want it to be, so like, it really, be really scary? Yeah. Like that uh, Gr- Brothers Grimm story with the, like, molasses <laughs> that kills people and the mm-hmm. gingerbread out of the what? well. <laughs> yep. Tweet at us if you know what we're talking yeah. about. It's scary. Yes, exactly that sort of thing. So I think that we can go totally creepy, which, in that case, all of the sisters are hatched from eggs. Mm-hmm. and uh, At the same time? Yeah. Yeah, so all of the sisters are the same age, mm-hmm. but they have wildly different views. And I Ariel think that just we could have, last. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that we could have uh, an adventure. It would be kind of fun to see them under the sea when Ariel has, like, gone to become human. Mm. Um, and also whether or not, I think that it would be really fun to see... All of the sisters having an encounter with Ursula, that they all want something that she can provide, but it's not necessarily human legs. I feel like if this is a horror story, mm-hmm. they have to be 
at least somewhat supportive of Ariel because I think she has to be going up there to do something horrible, right? Mm-hmm. So do something horrible to the humans, manipulate them, I don't know, get a bunch to fall in love with her and then kill them all. Whatever, whatever. So maybe Ariel is, like, finding... Ooh, gross. What if Ariel is finding a bunch of men, drowning them, and then giving the drowned dead bodies to her sisters? They're all just waiting for the dead bodies to come in. I love it. I'm really into it. So she's a siren. Yeah, a little more siren-like. If I feel like there's never been a siren story where you then find out what the sirens do to the bodies. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, normally the sirens crash the ships, people drown, now they're dead. Mm-hmm. End of story. End of story, <laughs> yeah. Their bodies just decay mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. ocean, but, like, why are sirens crashing ships? What do they need all these bodies for? The sperm. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, I'm there gonna... are no male mermaids in this universe. Yeah, so or so like not, not any that can produce uh, what you need to make the eggs hatch. Mm. Maybe male mermaids can't produce sperm. I don't know. All right, mm. yeah, I'm done. I'm done for that. Why I else like would it. they be trying to kill all these men? Uh, Listen, organs? they just don't believe in overpopulation. What do you mean the organs? They, they... Or maybe that's the only thing they can eat. Like, Ooh. they are, yeah, they're the type of predators who, like, human is their food of choice. Mm-hmm. Also that, that's mm-hmm. They would have creepy. such scary teeth. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anytime I feel like cannibal, like, there's a cannibal element to fictions in the, like, fantasy realm, the teeth are so spooky. Even mm-hmm. though, like, you they're could like just... Shark teeth. Like, our teeth can eat humans. It's a real thing. There are cannibals. (laughs) There are cannibals. I'm sure they still exist. People are weird. People are weird. Yes, that is is accurate. People think coronavirus is from bats, but nope. (laughs) Or 5G cell towers. Oh, man. Listen, we're breaking our own rules right now. Yeah, we're near the end anyway. You did it. So we're going (laughs) to write a horror film that is a lovely retelling of The Little Mermaid. Where the sisters are all the same age and they attempt to drown men to eat them. Are we, are we going to go with eat them? Yeah. And sure. take their sperm. Why not both? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I like it. So we finish out usually with a recommendation for other podcasts. Uh, so I will go first because I have my podcast ready. This is a podcast from Tandon Productions. I love Tandon Productions. They do several podcasts that I enjoy. This is one that I just recently finished listening to. It is a 10-episode story. It was all released all together in March of this year, but I didn't listen to it then because I was actively working on something that I felt this would influence. But it's called His Royal Faken Highness, and it is a modernization of Hamlet. It is a rewrite of how the story works. It's like if Hamlet and the Princess Diaries 2 were together in a story. But it's high quality. It's really, really fun to listen to. I like the way that they've adapted the characters to a modern setting. It does use modern language uh, because they've rewritten the story so they can't use the classic Shakespearean dialogue. But I would really recommend it. It's really fun. If you enjoy Hamlet, listen to it. If you don't enjoy Hamlet, you can still listen to it 
because it really does. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it tells it's its own story. Not liking Hamlet doesn't affect having ears. Yes, correct. <laughs> Uh, and they have several other productions that I would enjoy. If you like modernizations, they also have the store, the wow, the sword and the stoner, <laughs> which is a King Arthur. Uh, and then they have a couple of other original podcasts that I would highly recommend. But I like them as a company. I like the content they produce. I like the I, history chicks. We have three seconds left. Oh gosh, sorry. Uh, super ordinary. Hey. <laughs> It's also a tandem. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. You both waved. Happens I every didn't time. Wave. <laughs>